Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we talk about the recent news about Genie Plus price increases and ticket price increases, including other things going on. Find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you can receive bonus content. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing Joseph Chung at TravelMation. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So today is going to be another one of the... Joe has been super busy at work and not sure what is going on, but Diz Twitter is melting down. So Leslie's going to update Joe on the news episodes. Uh, It is Wednesday, October 12th, as we are recording about a week before this will release. But there's been a lot of news coming out. I know about Genie Plus, Magic Bands, even I saw some Fantasmic news today. And people seem to be flipping out about every single thing that's going on. So Leslie, I'm looking forward to you updating me on exactly what I should be freaking out about right now. Sounds good. I love that we've discarded all pretense of being an evergreen podcast at this point because Disney truly is changing so many things all the time, you know, coming out of COVID. uh, We just have to cover this news because, I mean, honestly, if you aren't following the Disney news, so many things have changed between your last vacation and your next vacation. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I, to be fair, I was like, we should eventually do a Genie Plus 101 episode so that we can just send people to the one episode about Genie Plus. But we're just not confident enough yet that it will all have uh, calmed down. So maybe we'll do that in a couple of months because I think we're starting to find equilibrium, Leslie. But I don't know. So you're. You're here to tell me about what's going on. Let's go through the news in whatever order you think is. I don't know. Maybe we take care of some of the easy stuff first. Sure. Let's maybe hit some low-hanging fruit, and then we'll get into the outrage of Diz Twitter. So as we're recording this, uh, today some news came out um, about Magic Band Plus at Disneyland. We finally got a date, October 26th, with um, Magic Band Plus being available to Magic Key holders a few days earlier for sort of a, a dry run. I'm kind of meh about this news. I mean, I'll certainly buy a Magic Band because I go to Disneyland a lot, and I can, you know, of course, use it at Disneyland. Disney World as well, but I do really question whether or not this is going to be a success. I cannot see the family who goes for a one to three day vacation once every two or three or four five years buying this device because it's forty four dollars. Yeah, I did see, and probably the only thing that would make me consider getting Magic Band Plus right now, at least until they have more features or more interactive features in the parks. I did see that they should work in both Disney world and Disneyland. So I think for people like us who are more likely to be in both parks within a given year or two years, it seems a little more tempting, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems like accessorizing for the sake of accessorizing. And maybe, you know, Leslie, you and I are the wrong people to be talking about this because we're not uh, the most accessory laden people out there. Yeah, that's totally fair. But I'm really curious to see. I mean, I think the annual pass holders, aka Magic Key holders at Disneyland will purchase. They do like the merch. I mean, that's part of, you know, the spirit jerseys and things like that. And this sort of adds to that. But, you know, and they'll have that reusability and repeatability that 
the out-of-town family will not. I'm really curious to see sort of whether my next-door neighbor, that kind of a family, will purchase. And I think the answer is no. Uh, I probably won't purchase for my kids unless we sort of have a, a big trip to Walt Disney World of any length coming up. So stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, what have you been saying to people? Because I feel like every time anyone asks me if they need Magic Band Plus, I, I pretty much like the answer that I end up coming up with is always ending on if you think you're going to do the Batu Bounty Hunters thing and your kids will have fun with that, maybe get one Magic Band Plus and that's it. And I was thinking about buying Magic Band Plus just to check it out and like to test it for the sake of the podcast and even for the sake of the podcast i am finding it uh and also you know i'm a disney world annual pass holder so i can get that ten dollar discount or whatever but even for that sake i'm like it is it is tough to think about wanting to have one of those things yeah i think the price point does make people bulk a little bit and yeah i haven't been telling people to rush to buy them i mean obviously at walt disney world a lot of people still have their magic band 2.0 and they can use that and that's what i use myself on my trip this summer my son did as well but it's important to note at disneyland magic band 2.0 won't work only magic band plus will work so they're kind of forcing people's hands but i think a lot of people you know have been used to using their phones i mean even since for years from the max pass days they were using their phones to scan into things at disneyland so it may not be that hard and you know there's no there's no charging privileges at disneyland you know, even if you're staying at an on-property hotel, you can't use your Magic Band to charge yet. So for me, that's the biggest advantage because I always like, you know, when I'm juggling food at like a festival in Epcot, you know, and I need to be hands-free, that charging privilege to me is the most valuable use of Magic Bands and not having that at Disneyland changes the value calculus for me. Now, speaking of value, uh, I hear that Disneyland tickets have gone up quite a bit in price or at least on certain days have gone up in price and that there are now like seven tiers of one day ticket uh whatever that means i I, why i don't understand i understand what the seven tiers are that they're like seven different price points but why doesn't disneyland just say that it's just variable do people who especially people are buying one day tickets really need to know what a tier is oh goodness we gotta back up Let's update people on how it works at Disneyland because I know a lot of people are used to the Disney World system. So Disneyland only has tiers for one-day tickets. So now we've added a seventh tier. It's actually tier zero is what we've added in this price increase. But the multi-day tickets are just one price. So that is nice and easy and a reason a lot of people go for two-plus-day tickets because it makes it simple. But the reason the tiers have to be set is because it's not easy to, you can't change a ticket at Disneyland like you can at Disney World. So if you buy a tier zero and you can't go on that day, you can't upgrade to a tier one ticket. There's no way to do that. So I guess the tiers make it simple to, you know, I've got a tier zero ticket and I can only use it on tier zero days. If it's too variable, then I don't know how you change to another day. Right. I mean, how many different tiers are there technically at Disney World? I don't even know. The limit does not exist. Right. I think the limit (laughs) does not exist. Yeah. So, I mean, there really is variable pricing. So you can't do that because what if the day that, you know, what if there were 20 different prices on the calendar? People would not know when to be able to switch to. It would just be really, really complicated. Is that because Disneyland just doesn't have as much capacity and so they can't afford people to switch and pay up to the other 
you know, whatever date is more busy. And I, I don't know. I just find it weird. I feel like I always thought that the people who bought the one day tickets are buying last minute anyway. So it's not like they're going to change. But yeah, it's it's bizarre. Well, they can't really buy that last minute because the park's reservations are booked up. Oh, <laughs> so... yeah. Forgot about those. <laughs> but, I mean, it's really tricky. I mean, we see this a lot. And, you know, and so a lot of people, I think, probably overbuy a higher tier in case their plans change. I mean, you really kind of have to think about that strategically. Or a lot of people then just, they buy a two-day ticket because they don't want to deal with the tiers. Because, you know, a lot somebody gets sick, right? can't go on a vacation and then they look at the calendar and they realize oh my gosh there's not a tier one day for the next three months so I can't reschedule my vacation it's really just it's really really messy to me and I mean I completely avoid I haven't bought a one-day ticket and I don't even know how long um, because that is just a mess that I don't want to deal with I think a lot of people are at that point okay so if that's the case were there other updates for Disneyland tickets that people need to know about yeah, so I guess we have ignored the elephant in the room. There was a price increase on everything, pretty much. So the I guess the lowest price ticket is now that tier zero. It stayed the same. I guess it used to be a tier one ticket. And now the you know highest price ticket has gone up. Multi-day ticket prices have gone up as well. The price of a park hopper has gone up as an add-on to a one-day ticket. It's now $65 add-on to a one-day ticket, but it stayed the same for an add-on to a multi-day ticket, it's now $60. So go figure. <laughs> it's more expensive to add park hopping to a one-day ticket than it is to a five-day ticket. That's that's nuts to me. But, um, you know, I guess they can charge for those one-day folks. Just sky's the limit there. But interestingly, because of the way the price increases have worked, two-day tickets went up a lot in price. I think it was like 9% in price. And now it is cheaper to buy two one-day tickets for some ticket types, for some tiers, than it is to buy a two-day ticket. So if you're going to buy a tier zero, one, or two single-day ticket, you can buy two of those for less than you can buy a two-day ticket. Is that nuts? That is nuts, and this is very overly complicated. I think I will just recommend that people go to Disneyland with Kids Facebook group to <laughs> submit your ticket <laughs> questions if you're not sure um, what you are gonna save the most money on if you're buying a one or two day ticket and really you know hopefully you can get to disneyland for more than one day i guess the nice thing about disneyland is you can do it all in one day but i always think uh, two days or more uh is better if you can do it and then if like you're saying sometimes it ends up the math works out in your favor that is pretty good so okay so disneyland tickets have been confusing or are even more confusing we used to say that Disneyland was the simpler park, but I guess that's only once you get in the park, right? The tickets are pretty complicated. Well, if you just buy a two-day ticket or three-day ticket or whatever, it's simple to me. And so for me, I never really feel this tier stuff, except for when I'm trying to explain it on podcasts and in blog posts. I don't live it. I don't live it because I don't purchase them. Okay, so let's move on to the next piece of news then. I heard Fantasmic is coming back in November at Hollywood Studios, but no date yet. People are mad about that for some reason. I, people are mad about too many things. <laughs> yeah. You said November, but you didn't say what day. But I guess a lot of people, I mean, people have vacations booked, right? And they want to know if they can fit that in. And they're at the point where they're having to reserve their starting park for the day or figure out, you know, are they going to have a hopper or not? I mean, I understand why people want to pre-plan. But yeah, I mean, you're right. People need to save their outrage for the things that are truly outrageous. And so hooray, Fantasmic is coming back in November. We just don't know the day. 
I guess it's fair to ask why would you announce it's coming back in like four weeks and just not give the date? That's a little weird, but it's more weird to me than rage inducing. Sure. But let's, you know, let's get to the rage inducing news, Leslie. So this is going to take a little bit of time to break down. So what do we got going on? All right. Well, the big thing that I think a lot of people are really mad about on Diz Twitter is the change to Genie Plus at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So now Genie Plus at Disneyland is going to start at $25 per person per day. And you can get that price by pre-purchasing it um, as part of your tickets at Disneyland for the length of ticket. You can't, you know, add it on to one day of a three-day ticket. You have to buy it all or nothing if you're buying it with your ticket. But there's now going to be some element of variable pricing. It starts at $25, but maybe it could be more some days for same-day purchase at Disneyland. We don't know, and we don't know what, what the upper bound is for the cost. But it's always 25 if you pre-purchase it. It's always 25 if you pre-purchase, and it's at least 25 if you purchase it day of. But we just don't know what the upper upper limit is going to be. But I think I think we won't really figure the that out. The limit does not exist again? No. <laughs> Infinity. That is how much Genie Plus costs. But we'll find out for Thanksgiving week, I think. And we'll probably find out more Christmas and New Year's to see sort of how far they can push the upper boundary for that. So stay tuned. Okay, so Genie Plus, and then along with Genie Plus, uh, you, I think, were the first person I saw online to discover this. Individual landing lane costs have gone up along with that, correct? Exactly. So I noticed on the first day that Rise of the Resistance was 25. So Genie Plus was 25 for same-day purchase. The first day this happened, Rise of the Resistance was also 25. So yes, it seems to me it's safe to predict that the upper bound for paid lightning lane is going to be whatever that unknown upper bound for Genie Plus is. I I think I probably can predict that if like Genie Plus is going to be $30 on Christmas Day, then probably Rise will be $30 on Christmas Day. That's my guess. You think that's fair? Yeah, let's hope it's $30 on Christmas Day. That that sounds pretty good (laughs) right now. Um, And then how did they roll these changes out to Walt Disney World? Is it basically the same but with different price points or what's going on over on the East Coast? So at Disney World, also we're getting variable pricing. Of course, a few months ago, uh, Disney quit selling tickets that included Genie Plus for pre-purchase. So the only way to buy Genie Plus at Disney World is to buy day by day. And it's now going to be variable pricing at Walt Disney World. And Disney did release examples of the variable pricing for the month of October only. And the range that they noted was between $15 and $22. But again, we don't know what the upper bound might be for November or December or beyond. But right now, I mean, it's it's sort of following the same trend that we've had so far, which is that Genie Plus is a little bit cheaper at Walt Disney World than it is at Disneyland, which to me is so weird because obviously I think you want fewer people buying it at at Disney World, you really want to drive down the number of people buying it and charge more because it's not working as well there. Like you want to make it work better by having fewer people in the system. But I think it's also based upon what the guests will tolerate. And Disneyland guests are used to paying for this add-on. We've had MaxPass for years. And I think a lot of the Florida crowd is still warming up to the end of free FastPass. Yeah, and I said this to you the other day, and uh, I guess yesterday, when the news started breaking, and you told me to tweet it, but I didn't have time to tweet it, so I'll say it here. To me, it seems like, you know, this changes 
on Genie Plus and the two coasts are very similar. I mean, they're laying the same changes on the existing systems on the East and the West Coast. But to me, it really feels like tackling two separate problems with the same solution. Problem one is that Walt Disney World needs to have Genie Plus more expensive to make it a better product so that less people are using it. And that when you have Genie Plus, you can actually get on more attractions and you know not be fighting with all these other Genie Plus users. So they had to make it more expensive at Disney World. We've talked about that before to do that. But then on the other coast, Disneyland needs, and I put that in gigantic air quotes, to be more expensive to make more money, which is Disney's second problem, again, gigantic air quotes, that they're trying to tackle, which is, of course, the company's problem, not our problem. You know, they're laying their problem onto us by making us pay more. So it is, again, just weird that it is the same product on both coasts and that they're making the same changes because I just feel like, like you said, it just doesn't make sense. Like Disney World should cost more because less people buy at Disneyland, whether it costs more or not. Yeah, totally fair. And I think we've talked about this before. Disney really did make a mistake in making this product a unified product between two parks because it's a different product at Disneyland than it is at Disney World. It works totally differently. I mean, yes, the rules, I guess, and the software are somewhat the same. They're not even entirely the same. It, it's, it just works differently. And it's a different crowd that you're appealing to to purchase it. And it's a different strategy you're using to use it. So yeah, that was that was the fundamental mistake that goes back to, I don't even know how many years ago, they should have just kept Max Pass at Disneyland and they should have started something new at Disney World and let them diverge. But oh well, so here we are. But but yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to watch and see, does this drive down the purchase, um, the variability of this? Do people purchase it for fewer days? Do they cut back on other things to be able to purchase it? Um, one thing we also didn't mention about Genie Plus at Disneyland is we did get one Silver lining. <laughs> it's not all bad news. Uh, Web Slingers was moved to be a Genie Plus attraction. It used to be a paid Lightning Lane attraction. That's the uh, shooter ride in um, Avengers Campus, the Spider-Man themed ride in Avengers Campus. So that is now part of regular Genie Plus, which gives eight attractions in California Adventure and makes the purchase a little bit more enticing, I think, for people who have DCA start days or you know single park tickets for that day. Yeah, and another potential silver lining in a dark cloud, and I mean this in the most, like, this is not great, but maybe there's something positive that'll come out of it way, is that realistically, if Genie Plus costs more and less people are paying for it, that means less people are going through the Genie Plus lines, which means overall, and this goes for both coasts, the standby lines should be shorter. So I know that is kind of the ideal way for things to be. Um, again, we'll see how that plays out in practice. I do think, Leslie, though, I, I've been thinking about this and I was messaging you. I think people are flipping out a little bit too much. I saw someone had a funny tweet. I'm sorry, I don't know who it was, but it's like, oh, it's our biannual complaint about Disney increasing the price day. And, you know, others rightfully pointed out that Disney is a business. Now, I'm not excusing them for increasing prices or things like that, but I, it's just like at this point, if we are Disney fans, what do we expect? Like, this is what's going to happen. And we can either choose to continue to go there or not. Um, and, you know, we are, you and I were talking offline. I feel like all hobbies are expensive. You know, one friend of mine 
got really into Disney during the pandemic because he used to go to concerts all the time and he couldn't do that anymore. And so he, you know, took that disposable income and used it for Disney instead. But concerts, those prices are constantly going up, whether it's by scalpers or whatever. So, uh, and then sports as well. You know, if you're a season ticket holder, you have to pay for your PSL or whatever. You know, there's just like a lot of costs. And of course, the food prices in stadiums and stuff go up all the time. And so for me, like I am obviously annoyed at these price increases, but I feel like if I'm going to keep going to Disney World, there's only a, so much that I can complain about it because <laughs> I'm part of the problem, right? If I'm paying more for this, then Disney knows that the demand is still high enough that they can continue to limit the supply or increase the price of the supply. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not really outraged by the idea that prices are going up. I mean, prices for everything are going up, um, you know, all the time. They're going up even more for a lot of things right now, given the uh, inflation that we've got in the country at the moment. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't really shock me that prices are going up. I guess what does shock me, or maybe just make me a little bit angry, maybe that's more fair, is that when prices go up, I expect to at least get what I got before. So I'm not particularly mad about Genie Plus at Disneyland going up to 25 because it worked really well for me at Disneyland. And probably having fewer people buy it will be even better for the park overall. So like I could see this being a net positive for sort of how Disneyland works operationally, um, especially just sort of medium crowd days, things like that. I mean, I think it's going to still be just a complete um, mess on something like a Christmas week. But I am a little bit mad about paying more for it at Walt Disney World because I don't think it's a good product there yet. I think they need to make the product better. And I guess they did add those paid Lightning Lane rides to it, but that was like the basic Band-Aid for something that was truly broken to begin with. I still think they need to do more. I still think either they need to make it more convenient to to be used so that you're not getting up every morning at 7 and trying to book everything you know, while you're brushing your kids' teeth or they need to build more rides or, <laughs> you know, something, something. Like, tell me something's on the horizon to fix it because it's not a great product, um, especially having used what I used at Disneyland Paris this summer where it was just like, okay, I, you know, I, I want to shortcut the line. I'll just pay for it a la carte. I mean, to me, that's the better solution at, at Walt Disney World at the moment because this bundled option is just it's not a great bundle because you can't use that many of them Whew, imagine the pitchforks that would be out if, i know uh, i know that happened <laughs> yeah um i agree with you it is always comes down to whether paying more is going to lead to a better user experience and i do think it's a very fair criticism of disney that right now um that is not the case that being said for those of you who are complaining and you're not going to go that's totally fine but if you're complaining you're still going to go like that means it's not bad enough yet. You know, I'm talking to myself. It's not bad enough yet to stop me from going yet. And so I just kind of have to live with whatever Disney does. I mean, it's the same like for your favorite sports team. If they increase the price of season tickets, you know, you're going to decide whether you're going to pay that price or not um, and whether the product is worth it for you. I think um, it'll be good to end by talking a little bit about what uh, – these changes might do to affect your plans buying Genie Plus in the future. Now, Leslie, you're tentatively scheduled to go in January. Actually, I'm tentatively scheduled to go in January as well, although that's for my travel agency's retreat. And, you know, if you're going in January and let's say the prices are on the lower end because it's a, I mean, you're not, you're not planning to go on Martin Luther King weekend, are you? 
Mm, I guess it's possible I'm there for like the start of MLK weekend, but maybe mostly midweek probably. Right. So like once you miss those bridge times and, you know, one thing we saw at Disneyland is I saw someone tweeted a screenshot of like there was a Saturday where a one day ticket park hopper was like $270, but that was on a weekend. And I know Scott Gustin was tweeting that, you know, the price really drops on weekdays. If Genie Plus follows a pattern like that, what are you thinking about potentially your Genie Plus purchasing or not purchasing if you're there like midweek in January? I mean, the reality is, is I probably will always purchase Genie Plus. I mean, I, I won't purchase if it's like $100 or something like that, but I don't think we're at that point yet. But I will probably always purchase it because I guess I have business reasons to do that, to try to to figure it out, how it works, that kind of stuff, make the most of it. But there there is a breaking point for me. Like I did not purchase the Premier Access Plus. I can't remember if that's the name of it at Disneyland Paris, which is which is essentially like Universal's Express Pass. I didn't purchase that because it was well over a hundred dollars per person. So I I do have a, a cap, but I'm not there yet. If the difference is fifteen dollars to twenty two dollars, that's irrelevant for me, especially if I'm solo. I mean, if I had seven kids or something, yeah, I would rethink <laughs> for sure. I'm curious. Do you think it'll change your Disneyland strategy at all? I guess the the problem here is if it was pre-pandemic, Leslie, you had an annual pass to Disneyland. I'm guessing that since you were there more often, maybe you would not buy Genie Plus. But now since you're still going like a la carte, you're probably still buying Genie Plus in Disneyland as well. Yeah, I'm always buying it at Disneyland because it is a great product to me. To me, I can get so many more rides done. I, I And I take short Disneyland vacations, so I don't have time to stand in a 90-minute line at Disneyland because that's a big chunk of the time that I'm there. So for me, yeah, at Disneyland, it will always be worth it. And I, I remember back when the Disneyland with kids, we had a podcast and I said on that podcast several years ago, when Max Pass used to be $15, oh, you know, I'd pay 20 and they, they got mad at me. And the next week the price was increased to 20. <laughs> so sorry. You, I Leslie, it. it was you've me. Done this. You've done this to us. I know. Yeah. So I'm not saying here on this podcast that I will pay more than 25, just going on the record. <laughs> well, talking about like how much I'm willing to pay, I am thinking about for my own personal trip, like our next family trip is scheduled over president's weekend and we're only going to be there through wednesday and so i'm guessing tuesday and wednesday won't be as expensive but like probably sunday and monday it's going to be pretty expensive for genie plus i will probably buy it just because i can't deal with the kids whining but that is times five so let's say it's thirty dollars that's like 150 dollars for the day per day for my family and that's if it's thirty dollars i mean who knows if it's even more than that and so that is definitely because it's more than fifteen dollars it's definitely going to make me think twice about it. I think I probably still will end up doing it, but I do feel like it's even more so what we talked about in the Disney math episode in that if you go during peak times, you're going to be tempted to pay more or end up paying more overall. And so, you know, really I'm thinking more and more avoiding school holidays, long weekends and stuff like that is just going to be the way to go in the future. If you're really trying to save money, like if you are that middle-class family that is, starting to get priced out the way to do it is really gonna start ending up being pulling your kids out of school whether we like it or not yeah i think that's right so you know i think the families who have more money than they have time you know will just keep paying for whatever they have to pay on christmas week or something like that because that's what they have available and then other people will look for 
you know, pathways to spend a whole, whole lot less on downtimes. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to watch and see. I guess maybe I'm the former rather than the latter. Yeah, and we will really see if and when this recession comes, whether Disney is going to have to walk all this stuff back. Um, because the final piece of news that we didn't talk about is, you know, I can do it in one sentence, like all food and beverage and all that stuff. It's just all more expensive now, right? That's the last piece of news. Yeah, big food and beverage increases at Disney World, uh, especially I didn't really see any at Disneyland, but I think they were already higher at Disneyland. You know, little things went up like valet parking at on property hotels at Disneyland. Now $65 at the Disneyland Hotel, Grand Californian Paradise Pier. Wow. And you could buy two Genie Plus with that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that changes the on property value proposition quite a bit. And then at both Disney World, Disneyland, you've got increases at uh, Savi's for the lightsabers and at Droid Depot. So you've got big increases 220 to 250 for the lightsaber and then 90 or 100 to 120 for the droid. So yeah, a lot of little things will suddenly cost you more. And so I guess if somebody sat down and, and you know, made a spreadsheet and, you know, took a typical family on a three-day vacation who are buying, you know, this many meals and, you know, maybe they're buying a droid for each kid and they're buying Genie Plus for two days, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that vacation got many hundreds of dollars more expensive. Yeah. So everything is getting more expensive. If, if that frustrates you, hopefully some of our previous episodes can show you how to save a little bit of money. I will end this episode by reading a tweet that I just recently saw from CBC Travels who said, just had a family of four get back from WDW. They aren't regulars and had never gone as a family. They had an amazing time with no complaints. They can't wait to go again. They didn't complain about nostalgia nor complications. This is the experience outside of Diz Twitter. I just feel like that is the more accurate representation of what's at least I see is going on. Like I've said many times, like I haven't had many clients complain too much about it all. Um, And frankly, people who are listening to this podcast, like you've prepared yourself enough for these complications, which is maybe why, um, you know, maybe the people we talk to less, they're just self-selecting that uh, they're more prepped for it. But I do feel like we as a society are still paying for this. And this is just the way it's going to go until we finally reach a breaking point where we will stop paying. And so we'll see where that is. But um, yeah, until then, this was uh, all the news that was fit to podcast about uh, for this week. Right, Leslie? That's right. All right. So with all that being said, if you are listening to this the day or the day after it gets released, Leslie, you have a little Disney do for us to save a little bit of money. So share with us your Disney do. All right. So you still have time if you want to go to Disneyland between now and January 12th, I believe, 2024. You can still get the tickets at old prices, multi-day tickets at the old prices. All of the major ticket resellers, Getaway Today, Undercover Tourist, Ares, all of those guys have got the old prices. And there's some variability between those. So I'll just uh, say join the Disneyland with Kids Facebook group and we'll have a good deal for you in there. But you only have until October 20th to buy these tickets at the old uh, pre-increase prices. So definitely important to do that. So anytime there's a price increase at both Disney World or Disneyland, usually these resellers have the old prices for a limited time. So it's a good chance to just lock in 
future vacations if you know you have one coming up. I'll be buying a probably a two-day park hopper with Genie Plus myself just to have it in my back pocket. Great tip. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. If you are frustrated with this news or you have some angles that we haven't thought of, let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Tweet us at www.deciphered on Twitter or find us on Facebook and Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you tearing your hair out at all these changes. Thanks, Joe.